The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson. Each week on the podcast, we visit a different foodie city and explore the cuisine that makes that place special, whether it be custard tarts in Lisbon, mango beer in Mumbai, or lizard curry in Guatemala. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Oh, it's quiet. Uh, it, no, John, it, it was, was sophisticated. Sci- sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> There's bubbles in there. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. We are the winemakers. I'm John Sounded Myers, like sitting with Method Champ in Texas. That's the first I've not heard that before. Like that. <laughs> and Ricky Taylor from Alta Marfa. And where the hell are you in Texas, man? You are fifty some hundred feet in the air you're high in texas yeah yeah our vineyard is 5400 feet above are you, sea level. Are you high in texas <laughs> <laughs> it's very high in texas man <laughs> well we're having a good time this morning a beautiful day in sonoma welcome what are you doing up here thanks for having me oh man yeah. absolutely yeah, welcome no. to the show you enjoying yourself in sonoma Slow, no more. Yeah, yeah. Visiting, uh, staying with my parents who live in Sebastopol, so it's good to be back. Right, like, we, we, I, we, I didn't really like lean in on the fact that we went to rival high schools when we were talking before we started. <laughs> for, 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 okay. No wonder the that might help. The, no wonder the poor was so quiet. It was very quiet. <laughs> well, let's pour it again. <laughs> All right, let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see it. Let's all see it. Oh, thanks, Sam. That's the way we Hey, welcome to the winemakers. <laughs> Method Champin, Texas. Method Champin, Texas. High Texas, something like that. <laughs> now you understand the show. High yeah. Texas. Ah, I get, I get, you get the concept of High plane. Pour some for John. <laughs> Grazie. Thank so you. who do we have here? John's not even. John's Ricky not Taylor even. from Annaly High School? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Which is in Texas? Which is in no. Texas? No. Tex Sebast Texas. Well, we have somebody who's from Sonoma County, right. but has been living down in Texas. So when he comes home, he's with his folks and his friends, and you know, high school, all that stuff. You know, I mean, that's what you do when you go home, right? And and I um, did the same amount of research for the show as I did for every show, which was Bart said. Uh, when I talked to this guy, I said, "Oh, we got to have him on the show." And then I said. Because whatever you were doing, or whatever you told Bart that you were doing, and um, Bart's not here right now. He's on special assignment, special Dane assignment. Um, and I was like, okay, great. You can lead in, and and I'll act surprised. <laughs> so what are you? What are you? What are you doing? That Bart said we have to have this guy on the show. So I met I met Bart because I was picking up some used tanks and bins okay. from the place where he makes wine. Were you getting them like from Cindy after she moved out? I think so. Yeah. 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 So I never actually met her. She was not there. Right. But anyway, met him there. And I think I told him that I was planting a vineyard in the mountains in West Texas. And he said, what, what mountains? <laughs> and I think that, I think that was the, the hook is, is where are the mountains? I think I probably showed him a picture 
the Davis Mountains in West Texas are volcanic in origin. I actually just climbed Blue the Mountain. South of the South Rockies, aren't they? Basically, uh, yeah. Some somehow are related to the Rockies. I've heard the term ancestral Rocky Mountains. I don't know what that means. Billions Method and ancestral. Billions yeah, exactly. years ago. Tex- Method ancestral Rocky Mountains. Um, yeah. So, but, so this is like you're near the New Mexico border, uh, or, am so I, or we, not that far west. It, Texas is freaking gigantic. It's gigantic. So we're three hours east of El Paso and a little south. Okay. Uh, what that means is, I think we're directly south of New Mexico, actually, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. corner part. You're in that little corner there. Yeah, we're in Central Time, but we should be in Mountain Time. So even right now, it stays light until eight thirty p.m. Crazy. But yeah. it's, but it's dark until at fifty four hundred. Yeah, the sun feet. comes up at seven forty five. That's amazing. Yeah, it must be beautiful. Fifty four hundred feet. Yesterday, we're right at the base. We're sort of on the shoulder of a of Blue Mountain, which is seven thousand two hundred feet. Wow. Which I climbed for the first time two days ago, which is very very cool. So yeah, before we get into what you planted, and I want to, we're doing head trained, and that's I want to dig on that. Um, maybe we should just start with how somebody who grew up in Sebastopol found himself in, in the, the corner, <laughs> found himself high in Texas. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I I grew up, uh, I was born in Oakland, moved to Sebastopol when I was nine, went to school there, did everything, was not involved in wine in any way. People, I think, assume that, of right. like, oh, you, you know. Well, and yeah, I mean, I, you You're said what year Sonoma you graduated County. from, from Annaly. from Annaly High School, um, but even, you know, that was about the time that it started to become more grapes and less apples out there anyway. That yeah, was kind of yeah. the transition those early 2000s, mid 2000s. During, during the time I lived in Sebastopol was absolutely that right. time because I moved there in, in 1999 and there was still, right. I remember as a kid moving there, it's like, oh, this is an apple place. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't think anyone thinks that now. No. Well, you know, they still have Gravenstein well, Highway. They still the, talk about it, the, but it's there's just... Wait a minute. My daughter is uh, in her marching band in the Apple Blossom Festival, which will be coming up soon. Right, but maybe a lot of apple blossoms out there, man. Will the will the grapes be blossoming by then too? I mean, that's it's it's really yeah. I know a lot of transition going on yeah. out there, and uh, my favorite is driving out there and seeing the old apple trees. Where I didn't get it at first when I first saw. I'm like, why are people putting two by fours under their trees? Oh yeah, but the, they because the branches the weight fall off yeah yeah it's kind of a cool thing well normal trees get big they don't want apple trees to get big at all i mean they're trained tiny and they're, right, they got to pick them on yeah dwarf rootstock and all that kind of yep. stuff yeah but anyway your question so yeah, yeah. you weren't so you weren't in wine your family's not no, in wine no in sebastopol no i went to so i moved moved away from sebastopol to new orleans went to tulane university all oh, right studied mm. chemical engineering and hurricanes and, the, and the cocktail, I, not the, well, yeah, the weather I, also, but mostly I, the cocktail. I, I was very well timed. I was post post Katrina. No hurricanes happened when right, I right, lived right. there. It's yeah, very. The, I meant the cocktail. Oh yeah, well, you know, and all the other cocktails, and all the other cocktails. Uh, that was the last Bucare. time I was in New Orleans. It was right before Katrina. We had to cancel everything. Everybody lost shitloads of money. It was wow. oh, like you were supposed. Oh to- yeah, I had a big convention down there, and within the week, and we were all paid up. I mean, you got to pay people ahead of time for right, that. Of course. But yeah, I mean, we used to rent the Presbyter I mean, downtown on Jackson Square. Just these old, yeah. old churches that are now museums. And, uh, you know, you'd have a band out front, a band on the first floor, and a band on the third floor. And, you know, just right. food and party for hundreds when, of people. When you need to wander away, you go over and get a. Um, 
a couple of beignets and a cup of coffee. <laughs> and and it up. Up. Right? I've been there, man. <laughs> yeah. I have been there. Okay, sorry. Yeah, we digress. So, yeah, so as yeah. usual, uh, it's, it's the program. New Orleans Brand. studying science. Yeah, went to school there and uh, uh, got one one job offer. Moved to Houston. Uh, worked in the oil industry in Houston, which is what everyone else in Houston is doing. Yeah. Uh, and was doing an office job, drinking wine, liking to drink wine, learning about wine. Uh, and at s- somewhere along the way, it was sort of like, I want to do something, not, not this. Uh, and while, so while still working, I said, you know, I'm interested in farming, interested in planting a vineyard. I think when I first started, this is like 2014 or 15. Um, I looked, I started looking, being from here, I was like, oh, I wonder how, you know, how do you, is it possible to go, go there and do this quickly? No, it's not unless I'm, you know, waiting till I'm 80 or something like that. You're going to sell a lot of oil. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Not, not, uh, it, and that was the thing is I, I think the, the key was like, I want to do something now, whatever that is, and not plan for a retirement pseudo business kind right. of thing. Right. Um, so I Googled where is the coolest weather in Texas in the summer, like the least hot place looking for that. Cause Texas is enormous. Uh, one of at, at least at that time i sort of see this differently now but at that time i i saw one of the biggest challenges to growing high quality grapes just how hot it, as how hot it was yeah. anyway the davis mountains are that place it's the coolest place in the summer last year last summer we had a uh not like i would say a wetter than usual summer but it generally the summer is the rainy season all mm-hmm. the rain happens between huh. july 4th and like september 1st um, that's we, weird in the, in the Davis mountains In the Davis mountains. Yeah. In West Texas, we get monsoon kind of rains. Right. Uh, we had, I think three days higher than 95 degrees last summer. Um, and so mildew fungus kind of so question is what's the yeah. humidity, right? Yeah. So it's very not humid. It's very not humid. So even super dry as long as it's not yeah. actively raining. Right. Yeah. It's okay. very much like we get afternoon rains. It'll rain for like a, you know, big storm, rain a ton drains super fast dries out it's windy kind of thing so mildew pressure is like zero basically um despite it raining miracle um but that's again why so i anyway we start going out there found a property started planting vines or doing the prep work like building a fence uh we drilled a well to have drip irrigation especially for establishment but we'll see how much irrigation we end up needing long-term. But it's all volcanic soil, super rocky site. It's like the erosion off of the side of a hill. And we're at the sort of bottom section. So it's from as deep as we've dug, it's like at least six feet deep of just eroded, like mixed rocks, gravel, boulders, cobbles, just no organic matter at all, basically. so establishing vines has been yeah. interesting to learn about. Yeah. Um, but bring some compost in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's what I ended up doing last year and that's helped a lot. But yeah, yeah the, it's like you dig the hole out and you just have a pile of gravel and no soil. Right. <laughs> it's not, not going to work. It's wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we started working, basically going from Houston out there on weekends for like three years, planting a two and a half, three acre site initially started with 
super dense head trained plantings, like four by five, and then planted the whole vineyard, 6,000 vines one year. Uh, then the nursery calls two months later. And it's like, oh, we had an issue. It's like, are, any, are, are all of your vines not growing? It's like, yeah, actually. All of them? All of them. Good and Lord. they were like, oh, we'll cover that. We'll send you replacement vines next year. So we planted 6,000 vines with like 50 people. Holy and like, none of, them, none, of them made no, none of them did anything. Yeah, totally uh. dead. Uh, which was what kind of ins- business interruption insurance do you get for that kind of shit? I, <laughs> Think I about it. would imagine that total total crop failure. It's wild. Things happening in nurseries, I or think, just like just you know maybe inconsistencies and things like that. But an entire yeah. What was it? That and imagine that it and, and the way that that. It sounds like it wasn't just you. No, it was that not. I had this problem. It was not. Yeah. It was not. And and we, you know, we thought like, well, we don't know anything or know what we're doing at all, so we probably just right, did you it wrong. It was your fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it it was simultaneously really annoying, but also relieving. It was like, oh wow, at least it wasn't totally us. Uh, so we replanted the same six thousand vines the next year, and then had like ninety percent success rate, pretty much as far as like you know seeing seeing green, the vines are alive. Are you planting um, rootstock or bench grafts? This was bench grafts, okay. yeah. Um, and it was pretty, it was like a, it, it's it's really funny now. It's kind of all coming full circle. But at the time, this was like, uh, I I got into wine from like a natural wine direction pretty quickly. Like not, not in the first year, but pretty quickly after that. And, you know, Cabernet is not a cool thing. <laughs> but... But, but that's what we planted and not, not for like the reason why everyone else generally plants Cabernet in Texas, but the reason was wanted late bud break because we're at super high altitude, wanted loose clusters, something generally hardy because it's brutal. So pick that, um, which I still think is a good decision. I I think that's a good grape for that place. Um, but what, we started to see over the next couple of years, we sort of, so did 6,000 vines twice the next year. We're going to kind of cool off. We planted like a thousand replacements and like fill-ins. And then what we started to notice is that the vines were all alive, but didn't grow no vigor whatsoever. Um, which I now attribute to a few things. One is being in Houston and having your, you know, your stuff out there, irrigation, it's nine hour drive from Houston to there. So not there a lot. Uh, and you, you know, you just end up with like no, no vigor, no shoot growth, just sort of like eight inch shoots, that kind of thing. But there's no organic matter. There's no nitrogen. There's no sort of anything. So I think that's sort of where we're at. Uh, the soil drains what, so what, fast. What is like naturally growing there? Uh, so th- it's where we are is sort of perennial grassland. Perennial grassland. Yeah. Um, so super diverse, really, really interesting. We left all of the grass, didn't, didn't rip, didn't do anything for a bunch of reasons. One is sort of like (laughs) philosophically also no money to do that. It's on the side of a hill. So like I ended up digging a lot of the holes with a, an excavator because we tried an auger on a bobcat initially and shredded a bunch of bits like instantly, (laughs) you know, just, it's all, uh, rhyolite. So it's like super duper hard volcanic rock. Um, anyway, no, no shoot growth, no vigor, figuring out what to do. So after a few years started to say, okay, need to make some adjustments, learned a few things, 
four years in at this point. So went from four foot by five foot spacing to 10 by 10 and took out half the vines. Took out half the vines. And that is, I don't think uh, people talk a lot about spacing of competition between the vines and all this stuff. Vines of that size, I know there, there's no competition. They're tiny. They've no, uh, that wasn't a thing in this case. Yeah. But it could have become a thing. Um, and then also just, you know, you, at that spacing change, you go from 6,000 vines to 1,000 vines. So what that means effectively for me is that having one person to do all this work essentially, yeah. not during planting, but afterwards, it's like it's six times more attention per vine. It's six times more water potentially. That seemed better. Um, what kind of changes your business model that I would assume you had some no, sort you, of... You know what? I mean... By the time those vines are in full maturity, if especially since there is some irrigation and this summer rains um, and some some more soil carbon, um, um, a giant head train vines on a ten by ten spacing could probably carry almost as much fruit as uh, high density because you just couldn't you couldn't you know you, the reason you do high density plantings is when you are trying to reduce vigor. Right. Oh, and that's right. that's that's what I started to learn. I started to learn all these things that were like, oh, all of, all of the things that I thought like was thinking that made sense in a different context are the opposite here. Right. Um, so that's what I'm sort of hoping is that when, it, you know, 15 years in, it's going to end up being about the same, especially if you consider the vines will get a lot more attention right. and be happier. Well, and anything that you do to build those soils up. Is just going to yeah feed a smaller vineyard no, yeah population it, yeah vineyard. smaller number of vines but so that was that was one change spacing is one change I switched from the bench graft Cabernet Sauvignon Cab Franc that stuff I also planted like twenty five sort of test things in like twenty twenty vine batches which I think is a cool idea but I still have not had the bandwidth to sort of do anything with that information and then with the other changes it sort of has become somewhat any irrelevant. surprises there. Uh, no, I, I think the one, the one clear lesson is that like, it's too cold to grow at least the Syrah that I had. It all just froze dead. Nothing else did, but all that just. Because no on good. the, on the early side of the season or the end of the season? Uh, either one, both. Okay. We've had both, <laughs> both issues. Um, but anyway, so I switched for that the bench grafts to now last year planted a mix of red Portuguese varieties on their own roots. Yeah. And I think sort of what I the idea was is that all these things like the way things are done other places is to intentionally devigorate everything. Whereas I need the opposite of that. I need like the most vigorous thing, which these Portuguese varieties that are grown on the side of Rocky Hills and haven't been really messed with. And are, on, it, yeah. and are on their own roots. Yeah. I mean, they, I had this night and day difference. It's like a vine that I planted like rooted from a cutting and then transplanted same season. I had six feet tall, whereas the vine next to it that was three years old is like this tall. And I also planted them in a hole full of horse manure and biochar. Just that only, not even any soil, you know, just let them get going. So I'm very encouraged by that. So that's what I'm continuing with now. 
I was feeling bad for Brooke at Delmas until now. Now I'm like, yes, I I'm thought like, that. Dude, thought you're about just that. beating your head against the wall. <laughs> well, I'll have to show you guys some some pictures. After yeah, this, are people it's... can can you give people your website and are there pictures there of oh, the yeah. vineyard that they yeah. can look at? Yeah, so it's altamarfa.com, like hi hi Marfa, uh, altamarfa.com. I have kept a blog since the beginning of this, 2016. So there's thousands of pictures of cool. all of this. this what, and, what is Marfa? Marfa is one of the towns near here. So the vineyard is oh, Marfa, Texas. Yeah, Marfa, yeah. Marfa, Texas. The vineyard is about 12 miles outside of Fort Davis, Texas, uh, which is, and then we're about 18 miles from Marfa. Um, initially. And so the winery, we now have a winery building winemaking facility as on, a, on a, site. No, not on no. site. Uh, in, now in Marfa, in Marfa, in Marfa, in town, we are off the grid at the vineyard. The well is solar. The irrigation system is solar. God, we're here we go. So hard place to put a winemaking right. facility. Also, even in Texas, where you could probably build whatever you want. Oh, there's no, yeah, there's and not have a, per, a tiger. It's not a per, <laughs> and, ha, and have a tiger. It's not a permit <laughs> issue. It's just a. We don't have a deer problem anymore, though. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a facilities issue. Um, yeah. I don't know where I was going. Well, so oh, yeah. so what Martha, year Martha. was it that you finally kind of said, okay, because most people, like when you plant a vineyard, right, Sam, it's like you're looking at four years minimum before you're getting fruit, something like that. I mean, yeah. And that's, and that's Seven about, when you're kind of maturing. With a less degree trial and error situation. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm going the full, whatever the the slow route of trial and error is <laughs> definitely right. and where's the money coming from to just continually so so that's that's been the what figuring out the last couple of years so initially when i started i was working my wife was working full-time both working full-time in houston going out and doing this as sort of like just paying for it making no money making no wine just as like for fun and to to turn it into something eventually but no timing plans to do that then in 2019 uh, and just to, to like, I imagine that the buying of the property cost whatever off grid West Texas, whatever that like per acre per square foot would can't make be anybody much. who lives in California. Oh yeah, weep. yeah. I mean, it's like seven thousand an acre just to make you guys all sad. It's <laughs> that's the square foot rented renting right now yeah. on the east side <laughs> yeah. of Sonoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven thousand a square foot. Yeah. It's uh, a feels like it <laughs> yeah so initially we're, we're just doing that and then 2019 uh made uh, an acquaintance on instagram with dan mclaughlin who has robert clay vineyards in mason who actually grew the grapes from this wine that yeah, we're trying. yeah i saw that i'm drinking this and it's delicious yeah so this is this is sparkling wine but this is 100 tempranillo uh which is again talking about traditional method not traditional very not traditional but i think Blanc really cool noir. yeah yeah exactly Blanc Rio. And Tempranillo seems to do well in Texas, right? It's like one of those we... So I'm very, very glad that you said that because this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently is that Tempranillo has been talked about. It was probably the first grape in Texas that was talked about as like, maybe this is the grape for Texas. But if we think about what just that sentence, a grape for Texas, Texas is larger than Huge. France. Yeah. The idea that there right. would be a grape for Texas makes no sense. Yeah. There's so this is grown in the hill country, which is the second largest ABA in the United States. Um, wow. This is a humid, <laughs> twenty five hundred foot elevation, humid, rains a ton, 
sandstone soil. This is where they have like the downy mildew issues. Yes, yeah, all like all the issues. Very very high de- degree of difficulty and and frost and winter cold and hail and all these things. So tornadoes and yeah. pierces and disease. tornadoes yeah. and pierces disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sounds so like this place. Uh, <laughs> then you go to the high plains, which we have a couple high plains wines here, which is several hundred miles away from this vineyard, and is at. 3,000 feet to 3,500 feet, much drier, windier, totally different soil. This it's, it's sort of like a higher elevation central Valley place. That's a little less hot, like industrial agriculture, cotton, soybeans, peanuts, all that type of stuff. So those places are totally different. And then you go down to where I am again, totally different dry desert rock. Pull this up on Google. Well, the, the one thing I do know is that Ukraine is the size of Texas. Right, so we're, so and that's I've been seeing that all all week since the war's on, you know, on TV. Yeah, Texas, and you know, you just think of it as one you keep, you said, monoclimate. That's it, right, arid, right. dry Texas, right? Heat. Which is just not the case. Well, like the Middle East, people think of the Middle East as because it's they see movies dunes. as sand, yeah. but you go to Iran, they have eleven different climates. Yeah, which is like or Lebanon, of, same, you know, same yeah, things. You can ski. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like California. Yeah. Skier Beach. The Tempranillo thing, I think I really like the idea of Tempranillo. Also, it's one of these things where it got planted a huge amount because people are like, maybe this is a grape. And a lot of people were planting vineyards at the time. Like, what do I plant? And the university system tells them, plant this. Maybe it works. I don't know. Um, Now, do you know our friend Randy Hester yet? Yeah. So we, we, uh, he's wearing lightning earrings. Okay. This is this is a coincidence, (laughs) but but yes, Uh, yeah. Randy and I actually last year, 2021, made wine at the same winery um, in Fredericksburg. Now he's had some really damn good luck with what he's doing down there. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a a natural, just a walk-on kind of situation. Well, he wasn't growing in. 12 feet of rock, John. Well, he was, he was that. smart enough not to <laughs> he was, plant a vineyard he was, first. He was buying yeah. grapes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the Tempranillo thing, I ended up last year made, this is 2020, but 2021 made three different Tempranillos plus a fourth sort of bonus one. But I think everyone planted all this Tempranillo and then realized they couldn't make Napa Cab out of it. Yeah. And then no one wants it. But for me, I just Alex. pressed it when it's half green. Like this, Dan, so Dan McLaughlin helped me out a huge amount. 2019. That's the, he's the vineyard owner. Vineyard owner of this, grew this Tempranillo. The first time I, first wine made 10 cases of wine in 2019. There was basically a still version of this wine. And I went and said, yeah, I want to pick it now. And he, he let me do it, but he thought I was crazy he's told me after it's like you know halfway through veration basically it's like 19 bricks um champagne yeah exactly exactly so it this this year 2020 we actually did a different thing is i separated all the green fruit pressed it separately like 100 percent green clusters mm-hmm. pressed it separately fermented full mallow actually which was crazy at mallow, like one of, one of those like primary and mallow happen at the same time kind of for oh, that that's or? always happens okay. for us i don't right. know why right. that every every wine i've made that is what happens um but anyway that ended up like you know finished ph 3.0 seven percent alcohol 
uh, and that I made into piquette. Yeah, <laughs> that I made into a, a Madeira style wine that's still in barrel. So I mix that with brandy from Dan's grapes with juice from the next vintage like this for sweetening. Um, but anyway, Tempranillo, no one. It's sort of like it's there, but it it's it's not it. It didn't become the thing that everyone was hoping it would be. A lot of people are still making a lot of Tempranillo, but not it. It's not just like well, we can all forget about everything else and grow Tempranillo. Um, so I made a Tempranillo this past year, one, this one, a red from this sandstone soil, one from volcanic soil in Davis mountains and one from, uh, limestone in Sonora, which is sort of a totally different place. That's about hundred miles from here and 400 miles from where I am. So did limestone, volcanic and sandstone all made the same way, which are still in barrel, but I'm very excited about yeah, those. That's, that's, that's going to be really cool. So there are other you said Davis Mountain, so there's other vineyards happening near where you are? Yeah, so Davis Mountains, the first vineyard there was planted in the 70s. Okay. And was there from the 70s to the early 2000s. A woman named Gretchen Glasscock planted this vineyard. Uh, and she actually wrote a little book about it that came out in 2020, sort of telling the whole story, fascinating story. Like, um, couldn't you have written that book seven years earlier, well, lady? Yeah, and 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 also it, yeah, because there's no, this is like pre-internet. There's no information about this really anywhere. Uh, it, yeah, it's, but forty acres, like big, big oh, wow. vineyard, Cabernet, I think Chenin, Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, all the vines are dead, all gone, and I've heard eighteen different rumors of why they're dead, or it was Pierce's disease, it was this, it was whatever, and. I don't think any of those are true, really. I mean, it's probably a combination of a lot of things. But anyway, so we move, fast forward 2011, a neighbor of mine, Chateau Wright, uh, plants a vineyard. They're now producing wine from their own grapes. They're the only one producing wine from their own grapes there now. Um, I planted first in 2018, and along with another guy, Bobby Roberts, 2018, 17, 19, I'm not great sure. Great Texas like that. name, by the way. Uh, oh, Roberts. yeah, it's great. It's great. Great name. Um, Middle name. So right Bob. now, right now, there's there's four vineyards that are planted, one producing f one one in a little bit uh, half producing fruit. And then there's one other old vineyard from the 80s that was abandoned for two years that I've been working on trying to have not all the vines die. Um, but it's an old own rooted cab Sauvignon Blanc vineyard. <laughs> So that's that's the whole scene there, right. you know, is is for for fish places. And then you're are you just continually bringing in organic matter? I mean, there's a lot of cows in Texas, so I imagine you've got a lot of cow shit, right? But but you're just like always bringing it in and throwing it down on the. So I mean, I should be doing that. I have done some of that. What we did this year is I just had sheep come through and eat eat the grass and poop everywhere and stuff for like a month. Huh. Um, but I have uh, right now I'm, I'm trying to get the vineyard ready to plant some new vines, get ready for spring. We're still probably, I would guess two years at least away from having a harvest there doing that. And now we have the winery building. So we just bottled these 21s going to bottle the 21 reds in probably like June trying to figure out how to sell all the wine. Plus I'm working at, a distillery in Marfa to like get money uh, to pay the bills in the meantime. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's an infinity list of things that I would be doing, but I'm not doing. 
Um, the to-do you list get to gets them. longer every day. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You do a lot of things, <laughs> and some of the list is longer than it was at the beginning of the day. Yeah. You're learning oh, more. Yeah. It sounds like you're my learning day. more. Like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's that's that's the job. Um, I I just noticed something about this wine that I've seen through throughout the vintages. What I think is really cool. I think it's just the vineyard because I've tasted this in other of his wines, but sort of like graphitiness of this, which I think is like it's minera- like, minerality um i don't know i don't know what it is i mean I, but it, it to me it reminds me of like ticonderoga pencil shavings that kind of thing <laughs> um which you know dan there has a bunch of stuff planted last year we made merlot tariga national and a red tempranillo but he's got chardonnay viognier barbera ruby cab like a bunch of different things and you get that in several of hmm. of the uh, things and this is the what was the soil here in the in the hill this country? Is sand, is this is sandstone. sandstone. So hill country has limestone, sandstone, different things, but this is like rock lime or rock, rock sandstone in part of the vineyard that's like twenty four inches, right? You know, and then you're just rock, and then it's deeper, sort of in a different spot, but very very sandy. Yeah. Uh, and this is, I mean, so the, it seems like another place where organic matter would be. Oh, needed. Yeah, needed. Difficult. V- very needed. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's. A get challenge. Your, get your own sheep. Yeah. Well, I I I could see doing that, but then that's a whole other thing that yeah, I got to keep track of. <laughs> you got sheep. Right. You got to get a dog. You got to get. Right. You know, we had a mountain lion in the vineyard. I've got a dog you could have. Yeah. <laughs> How's your dog going to do about the mountain lion? Yeah. Corgi <sighs> versus mountain lion. Harry, uh, it's okay. I think in Harry the, bark his ass the, off and scare him. So. <laughs> you guys, uh, guys want to try something else? I yeah. Guess. yeah, yeah I brought, yeah, a, brought yeah. a bunch of wines. I guess yeah, we should we should try them. Keep pouring. Um, okay, so we're doing twenties. So. Are people doing cover? How do you so? So you're saying that basically right now it's it's this, it, there's nothing growing yet on the ground floor because it's been so cold and dry. Um, and when it starts to rain, then you get grass that grows. Mm. Right? Is that sort of what? Uh, mm. Yeah. So it's all it's all perennial grass. So it's all right. it's there. It's just brown, and then it will come up. And we have tons of wildflowers, broadleaf weird plants weird little ferns like a bunch of different uh yeah but so yeah first rain probably around fourth of july green right. um yeah so this so, so have you do you, i mean you have irrigation are you are you irrigating like early in the season to get i have not going and then i haven't turned the irrigation on yet because right. i haven't got to it we're also a few weeks away from bud break right um but we will yeah i mean basically it's like i have enough water to water maybe once a week like two gallons so some but but not a lot and then also the soil just drains so fast that it's sort of like that goes down there so what do you you think of our bud break here I mean, it's pretty. It is it's pretty, <laughs> pretty problematic, pretty scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I understand. It is. It just in the last few days has really, really. Yeah, I mean, just driving out. over yeah. from Sebastopol is every everything. Not everything. You see the older vines, not yeah, so much. Older, but. I mean, that little bit of rain that sort of kicked it in the ass. It'll, it'll. What did it'll we get, things, by the way? Uh, inch and got, a half we or got, so. Depends on where you were. You know, my my parents' house, almost, an, almost an inch. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. You know, down the valley floor, maybe a little less than that. That you know, it well, rained all just... night, and then the the sort of saving grace that like made it all even almost worthwhile was that afternoon, like sort of shower that we had that lasted for a couple hours. 
Beverly Lake. It was really quite nice. Quarter, quarter yeah. inch there. It was nice. It hadn't really. And it, it was, was the, great for okay, days. Here's yeah. the crazy thing. It was the first rain day of 2022 for Enterprise Vineyards. So on rain days, there's like no vineyard work, right? It was March. What was the date on Tuesday? Monday, March 22nd, 21st. And, and it's been first, dry That was the then. first day yeah. that it was too wet to work in the vineyards in the entire year of 2022. Wow. Yeah. And normally it would be how many? Eh, you know, At least normally, a half a dozen lately. Yeah, probably a half a dozen. You know. Well, normally we would have had 10 inches of rain. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Are you guys in the same situation as we are with water at all uh no no not currently i don't want to say that too forcefully because that could change whatever so but so can because we're in where we are is like 2020 we had five inches of rain which is like a drought year yeah and then last summer we had probably 30 inches of rain wow so that was like a a wetter year Our, our average should be about 18 inches so that show it it's right. but so the average is still correct it just in one of the years is not sam fun. what what would a historical good average for us be 30 inches and what did we have this last year 15 maybe 15 16 something like that okay. and it all yeah. and and all at once and really it can't yeah there was two storms both before the calendar flipped 2022 yeah and one of those storms was the end of october it's like the wrong side of well, winter. Well, and th- right. that's when right, we exactly. thought, okay, it's over. We get a few of these. Yeah, we'll you think the ground's wet, it'll yeah. attract more or something. Some like <laughs> bullshit science. <laughs> sponge. Some sponge. sponge. Right, it'll, you know. We were hoping, though. We really were. And, that, well, that you know, the, the first one was like, okay, that was kind of weird. Atmospheric river, 10 inches of rain at the end of October. The, how wet. December was and especially the end of December when you know you were like walk out in your backyard and you're floating um, was the one that was like okay this is a real winter yeah. there was tons of snow and oh. then and yeah. then it switched to January and went whoop, dry Flipped to switch yeah craziness so this wine uh, Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Chardonnay from New Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah. So you asked before, you know, we, we started planting this vineyard. When does the transition happen to making wine? Basically, COVID, uh, I did not lose my job, but started working remotely and realized that the only thing I liked about my job was going to the office and seeing other humans. <laughs> uh, so immediately hated that. And then also took that opportunity to sort of like go out to West Texas rather than being in Houston. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's so much I could be doing here, but I'm stuck on the computer inside doing this nonsense. So I sort of like uh, rashly quit my job without thinking about it too much uh, in June of 2020 to the point where like I, 10 minutes later I tried to unquit and they said no. <laughs> um, so yeah. that works out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was sort of like, well, I guess I have to do this now. Um, and so spent like six months trying to come up with like a business plan. It's like, okay, now I have to get money from somewhere because I don't have a job. And so spent about six months doing that. We raised like $200,000 in wow. January of 2021. And which, which at the time seemed like an impossible amount of money. Like up until the day that that happened, I was thinking like, we probably won't get enough money. We'll have to like give up basically. 
and then that happens and it's like, okay, I have to do this at this point. It's like, well, I needed like twice that amount of money <laughs> at least. Right. Um, so it sounds like a big amount of money. It really does. Yeah. No, I mean, it is, it is a lot of money just for, for doing things like wine. You need more, more money than that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've been like that, that was a, a little way, over a way, year way, ago. Way, 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 Cash way. flow rules everything around me. Yeah. That's <laughs> not, you know, right. It, yeah, Crafim. Yeah, it's a- <laughs> yeah. But so that that was about a year ago. Uh, I haven't paid myself this year, so working at the distillery, doing this other stuff. Made a bunch of wine this year, so went from these twenty twenty, the Chardonnays twenty twenty, made two hundred cases of wine. Twenty twenty one made fifteen hundred cases. Wow, nice. So made fifteen wines, fifteen hundred cases. Paid for that. Did all of that. Again, this is like the second year that I made wine, basically. So it's like everything that we're doing, like how to we have to get a truck. We have to figure out how to do it. Everything, you know, for, first time doing everything. Um, this so this vineyard, the New Mexico Chardonnay. Is near Truth of Con- Truth or Consequences, which is a real place in New Mexico. And it was planted in the early 80s and was leased by Gruet for like 30 years. Huh. Yeah, so they planted Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Chenin Blanc. Yeah. Uh, there's a little cab too, which I do not have access to, um, and it's really cool. It's planted in just deep, deep looks like beach sand. Uh, it's wow. 4,500 feet above sea level. It's very, very hot every single day. It's own rooted vines that are 40 years old. So this Chardonnay, it's 12 percent alcohol. When did you pick it? This is August 11th on my birthday. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like the final pH of this is probably like 3.8, but I mean, it, it tastes it, full it, mallow. Yeah. Right? It, it full mallow. It has the acid. There's no Oak. There's stainless steel. <laughs> but what I think is so cool about this, it's super tropical. It's very, very ripe, but it's only 12% alcohol and it has acid, yeah. which you don't get. It's either, you either get one or the other, one or the other. And this is in between, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. It's a weird you know, it's Chardonnay planted at high altitude in a desert where it's 100 degrees every day in the summer. How much does this cost? How much do you sell this for? Uh, so the this one, the 2020, is sold out, but this is 30. This was 27 last year. The 2021 is 30. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we also Inflation. made Shannon. Shannon, which three dollars? Shannon, three dollar what? Shannon. Shannon. Where's you Bart? Shannon, you make Shannon ball? He's not here. So that that was we we chef and other we chef. So. <laughs> we will we'll put you'll see this somewhere on social media yeah. because it's freaking hilarious um one one for for those of you in radio land well, podcast land one the, the chardonnay we just had is spelled w-e-e chef with the michelin man saying it uh or no describing very much, oh i see it's very got, much the, the label has a it has a it has a tiny chef on it it does as in a wee, a chef. wee chef, right? A wee chef, okay. <laughs> and then the second one is the Michelin Man on As the a line, line on the sweating, line, sweating, yelling out Sweet. "wee chef," you know, to Thomas Keller, who's telling him to go faster and exactly fire the scallions. And I, I gotta go, but I gotta try oh, the Chenin Blanc. Well, you gotta try this one. You gotta try the next one too. <laughs> I wish these are. <laughs> you have no idea that this is right in my wheelhouse. Like this oh, whole totally. lineup you have right now. Totally. I'm supposed to be at the hotel at 12. Oh, well, there's two more glasses over here. Just pour two left. Oh, yeah. Perfect. 
Because this one, so we got the Shenan now, the next one from this vineyard. So I brought three from this vineyard. This is 50% of the Shenan, 50% of the Chardonnay, picked at the same time as these two, uh, but stayed on the skins for six months. So this is called Big Lunch. Oh, yeah. And why the restaurant references? Uh, my wife is a chef. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. She so understands your pain. We're constantly in the yeah. talking about restaurants and things yeah. and being a line cook and that kind of stuff. And and one should do that. Absolutely. The Shannon? Shannon. Excellent. Thank you. We chef. <laughs> the we. As in yes. Yes. As in yes. <laughs> it's the Shannon. We used to do that in restaurants, and I, I mean, it depends where you work, but it's kind of gone by the wayside. Yeah, it's a, sort of an older-fashioned thing. Yeah, but you used to hear that in the kitchen uh, all the time. That's the, that's now the response. Kids coming up, they don't. There's no respect. There's no respect. no respect for the totalitarian Get off my chef. Lawn. Of... <laughs> Katie Boyer's birthday's today. We should say hi. Although it'll be happy birthday, Katie. This neck, it'll be passed, but Katie's a sweetheart. Lambert Bridge, shout out. You're having fun. Look at the lineup. This mm. is like I know, it's everything you. on the table. Know, it's right? you. The, and the Wee Chef is like this sort of like pineapple and I love perfume. it. I'm, I'm yeah. licking my teeth. So the weird thing about this, this is only 10.5% alcohol, yeah. this Shannon. So I think it's not. It's to me. It's not as ripe as the Chardonnay. Right. It ripens later. Picked, and you picked it at the same time. Picked on the same day. Right. Yeah. So this is, I think, initially to me, you get like this, like very grassiness, which I think is cool. When it's open longer, you'll end up going in a more ripe Shenany, like honey direction. Yeah. But I'm really excited about the next, the 2021 vintage of this. It's still in barrel right now, finishing fermentation. It, I would have bottled it in january but it was not not done wow. so it's it's still doing that. you can't rush it man yeah so i should say this vineyard is called forbidden desert vineyard uh it's it was leased by gray for many years gray was bought by a corporation and then they sort of ran the vineyard into the ground over the course of 10 years pretty much went from 250 acres to now 80 i think hmm. and the company that owns it now is called noisy water winery and they are they took it over in 2019 i think so they they only are selling fruit to me like they took 120 tons and i got 5 i think uh so thank you noisy water please Shout can, out can, please, noisy water yeah please continue to sell me this fruit great it's name awesome too. it's very another, very cool another great name mm-hmm. okay what's the big lunch oh yeah okay here big lunch big lunch like i said 50-50 these are uh on skins for 6 months no stems and Brian's doing a full setup here. Right. Full taste. Yeah. And I'm serious. You, I, I, think, one, I think it's that you one. Have, you have, oh, you have thank that you. There, thank you. Yeah. We, got one, we got one more empty glass for Brian before he has okay. to run. Okay. So, so you got to, you're going to go with the Gruner then. Gruner. Oh, you're going to make him happy. Oh, my God. You I just can't believe made that's your best day game. at work in months. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm leaving to go meet with fucking Southern Wine and Spirits. <laughs> 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 I'm leaving this. Yeah. Ask him. Ask him if they have any ten percent alcohol New Mexico Chenin Blanc for you. <laughs> <laughs> so the Gruner is a uh, Kabachic Vineyards, Texas High Plains. So now we're in another region of Texas. Kabachic, uh, Czech last name, planted Gruner because Gruner's grown in the Czech Republic a lot. Uh, 
Yeah, first time Big doing lunch. this. This one. So who's doing all your labels? Uh, Those are so, all really fun. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my friend since middle school, Alan Johnson. He goes by McIlvane in his art well, stuff. McElvain. But yeah, he, he also also from Sebastopol, also went to Anthony High School. Right on. I love Big Lunch. I love Unwind. Keep Sebastopol weird. Yep. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> Speaking of weird, I love the like tannic expression. of. The, it wasn't in the Wee Chef. Yeah, it wasn't in the Wee Chef, mm-hmm. but it's somehow when they come together, there's this like extra grip and yeah. tension to it. Really it's a weird, it's a weird one. I made this in a 200 gallon cylinder flex tank, and so <laughs> it was closed, cap floated up. No, so pun- there is some skin contact on this. Oh yeah, this is oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, six yeah. six months. Oh damn, yeah. six months. So it was in the, in the flex tank, no punch downs. The cap floated up, and then sort of cemented in place. So it never fell after fermentation was done. Huh. So you had this like interface. Oh, I got to go. Thank you. Nice gonna, to you're, meet you're, you. You can so listen to the rest of the show. I, I'm going to listen. Tune into when you get in your car, turn the car on. You, oh, wait, no, it's not that kind of radio. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Hopefully Bart will be here soon. Tell him I uh, tested negative for COVID. He can drink right out of this. Uh, there you go. Nice. <laughs> and that's good news for okay. Brian. Yes, good news for all of us who've been sitting here at the table. <laughs> <laughs> If it had been positive, he would have just left and said nothing. Right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. And, and you're just gonna take the whole case. The uh, Are you... teachers, mm. teachers at Sebastopol. My daughter went on a trip to Washington D.C. last week, so all the teachers and chaperones that took them were creating gift baskets for them. So we're putting the one of the moms is from Eric Kent Winery. I don't know if you guys. One of my favorite labels on the planet, the big uh, magic mushroom on their Grenache from Russian River. I've heard rumors that there's some backs back of the cellar infusions going on around there. Oh, that would be amazing. So anyway, creating gift baskets. So anyway, I got to take a kiss of wine to them. Right, we're pouring. This is this is a now this eight, is a now eight minutes needs eight minutes to go. Eight minutes needs to yeah. Just pick, take the tumbler in your car. Yeah, take it. <laughs> it's Sonoma. Take it. <laughs> so that's a, what did you just, you poured them, it's 50 Russon, 50, 50 Tempranillo. Tempranillo. Oh, yeah. So nice. this is picked, picked on the same day, uh, co-fermented. I want to come work for you. Skin, come, you're, you're, you're hired. <laughs> no pay. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you're going to take a pay cut. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Brian. Off to the Fairmont. Off to the Fairmont. Yep. To meet with. The Southern, Southern wine and spirits. Yeah, I should, you what's know, one day I, like? I shouldn't say anything. One day I'm no, sure I'll have a deal be? with Southern wine and spirits. Oh, and then there's the GSO truck. Squeaky you can know it by the, the squeak <laughs> of its suspension. <laughs> Better go find those boxes. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's here. Yeah. Hey, Jose, let me go see what we got. All right. Well, Ricky and I will talk yeah. about yeah, yeah. how to buy your wine. Shit. Shit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we really want people to know. Actually, we really do get a bump on, um, you know, people I, want to try I'm, the wine. I'm counting on that. That's, that's it. There we it's, go. It's amazing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go for uh, what was the red that you poured? Oh, yeah. Mine. Okay. So this red, unwind. This oh, is. Right. So let's talk a little more. Line all these labels up. Thank you very much. Merci. Yeah. So you notice about the labels, what is not on any of these front labels? There's a no- name. Yeah, well, there's what, no, there's what no is variety. It? There's no, no varietal. Yeah, right. and and that's very very intentional. 
Um, I do have the varieties on the back labels, but well, you're making them look. That's all. Yeah, well, you're making making people look, and then also the thing is, what I've noticed is being being in Texas, being in you know Texas fruit, New Mexico fruit. I should say we're very. I'm closer to the New Mexico vineyard than I am from several of the Texas vineyards. So well, I was looking at where you're. I was. I, I googled Marfa and Fort Davis. You're, you're what fifty miles from the Mex the Mexico border. Uh, 70, 70, probably, but yeah, very, very close. <laughs> um, so I, what I, my sort of thought is that by putting, if I put the varieties on the front label and you pick up some of these things expecting, you're either going to be expecting something and then not get it, or you will not pick it up because you say, Oh, Chardonnay, I don't want that, right. but this is not what you think it is. That, you know, that what, GSO truck yeah. just kills me. <laughs> it's just full of like clown uh, paraphernalia clown or something. noses yeah. And, yeah. and wine box wine club shipments yeah yeah <laughs> double double delivery yeah that's double funny delivery. um okay what do i have i have the you have big lunch I have still the I big think. lunch still yeah i want to try the gruner yeah oh yeah gruner i forgot it, about it the was hard to watch brian leave because mm. you, you just don't you I can't know, understand missing out on the well, you tortured. can't understand what tortured how how much he loves this lineup I mean, and you know, we joke about it, but this was his. He's and this he's, was his show. Man. This is his. This is totally the Brian palette, mm -hmm. and um, nothing that he's about to go taste is going to make he's him gonna as gonna happy as <laughs> <laughs> these things that are like. He's and you know, he'll pro there's probably some baller names in that lineup that he's about to get from Southern Wine and Spirits. There's probably some shit in there that's like. Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, it's probably making but deals for no, no. Clicquot or something. You know, it's all, whatever like you have to do at a luxury hotel when really he wants to hang out and drink. Great Gruner from Ventler from, <laughs> from, from the middle of Texas. Yeah. Well, it's, it's where it's at, man. Bless his, bless really his is. It's, I, I, I can't not to say that I disagree unusual. with him. No, I, I he's just into anything that's unusual. I don't disagree with him. But. Me too, clearly. Right. But, yeah. Well, I used to sit at the girl in the fig in the afternoon when I had my radio show, and that was the way I met people. People would come in and try and sell Brian wine, and then he would, you know, either yes or no and add it or whatever. But I'd get to meet him, drag him down to the radio studio the next week. That was that was my mo, man. That's how we got him. And here is Bart. And Bart made it with his bikes. Should we tell Bart that Brian's COVID positive? But don't worry. We should taste his wine anyway. Wait till he drinks the wine. Oh, wait, yeah. oh, wait till he drinks <laughs> the wine. Okay. Absolutely. That's perfect. Can right. we make COVID jokes yet? Yeah, I think we can. Yeah, just. I think we have to. I think. <laughs> I was just yeah. about to make a Jada Pinkett Smith joke, but I guess you're not allowed to make it. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, I thought that was just bullshit anyway. You know, it, 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 it didn't pop him. He really didn't pop him. You know what? He would have gone. This down is the most anybody's out. talked about the fucking Oscars, Oscars right. in two decades. That's why. Certainly, that's why it's maybe it's not real. I don't know. That's that's uh, and nothing's real. A yeah. losing proposition. The Oscars. <laughs> we're, we're drinking Chardonnay, Chenin Blanc from New Mexico. Made seven. Well, no, it's made in French. We're all seventy set up miles from Mexican here. border. Nothing is real anymore. We're all set up for you. <laughs> I don't yeah. know which. Nothing's real. Order. Nothing is real. Welcome, Bart. Hey Strawberry guys. fields forever. You made it, brother. Good. Shannon Big Lunch Gruner. Okay. Yeah. And this is the Rusan Tempranillo. Tempranillo unwind. This one. Is that what? Is that where I should go next? Rick? Yeah. Yeah. So the Gruner, forty-eight hour skin, no stems. Uh, this was only bottled in January, so 
it's i think like in six months is going to be really cool i think it's it's cool yeah, it's, it's cool now because it's like it's oh this bit. is it's like gruner e you right. know like that's cool um but i yeah i think like in in the fall that's what i noticed with these 2020s too is they really you know bottled in the spring by the fall it's sort of like okay these are are you kind of, are you bottling by hand are you bottling on is there like a are there mobile bottling trucks showing up to do little lots like this down there so the 2020s were bottled at robert clay and this is done with like a gravity forehead filler by hand you know with the cork right. thing um and then the 2021s made wine at uh slate mill wine collective where randy makes his wines and that was done in a truck that was done on a truck um which is an interesting thing learning the difference of that how the wine comes out is like the wines like i the day of these bottlings I thought all the wine was terrible. It's like this is just garbage. Like I'm, I'm done. This is right. horrible. It got, it got beat up. Yeah, yeah, right. it's awful. And 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 watching it is painful too because you see it happening. You see it's like oh, it's like not, not fun to watch. You're saying the truck? Oh yeah, the truck just like destroys all the wines. Just getting getting pumped and doing for a couple uh, weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then right. it, it, it comes bottle out. truck is, yeah. is a real fucking thing. Yeah, it is. And and I and I think you're right. I think a a, a gravity fed line hand line is yeah. definitely more gentle mm-hmm. um it's just more oxygen it's just more oxygen right. you know yeah. but sometimes some wine can use a little oxygen and then it's a matter of do you have a vacuum corker right because yeah. if you have a vacuum corker th- that's that's pretty key yeah. um i just bottled a wine or some wines and absolutely like they're they're different than they were standing over them worrying about them before they were bottled, right? Like you're going, these taste good. I feel confident. And you pull that cork on it after it's been that day and you go, oh, fuck. What did I do wrong? Do I you know, just walk away? Go on vacation? I mean, you know, yeah. It is a, about it. Send it to the warehouse and forget about it for right. six months. And when people say, how long does bottle shock last? I always say, I don't know. It depends on what I think of how the wine's tasting. Yeah, well, that right? yeah, because it's, it, it's over thing. is when you don't hate it anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, I think I think you. It starts to show some. It shows. It starts to show itself. You know the, what you remember of it, and yeah. then it, from there it's just evolution. Yeah. Well, and I think you know, making wines the way you're making wines, a little experimental, a little on the edge, um, and gent. You know, not to say that you're making them, but a gentler non you know, non-commercial yeah. methods, bottle shock might last a little longer. Definitely, definitely. You know, it takes a little longer for that, you know, that suspension to reconfigure mm-hmm. in its new environment. Yeah, I mean, um, these... So these are the way it tasted in the barrel, right? These are all, with the exception, the, the bubbles is just grape juice. So no sulfur, no anything. The others get 30 ppm, like, at bottling, and that's it. So I think that definitely lends to being more more subject sure. to getting, you know, scrambled. Bart, uh, Brian said that he tested positive for COVID, but that would be okay. You could go ahead and taste from his glasses. <laughs> he had already shared a joint this morning or last week or something. That should be fine. <laughs> I heard. Yeah, that blocks it, right? Takes care of it. That's exactly right. Yeah. No human um, pathogens can grow in wine. Yes, exactly. So, so we keep telling ourselves. Well, I think that's been proven. <laughs> only bat pathogens. Right. It's only bat pathogens. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> yeah. And there you have it, folks. Right. <laughs> it's our attempt at humor today. <laughs> I'm glad I got here late. <laughs> we just started. 
So I think that's the Shannon that you have there. Yes. Yeah. The first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we did our whole Shannon. Shannon. He makes a Shannon, Shannon Blanc. Room. I had no idea. Yeah. New Mexico. Mm-hmm. New Mexico makes Shannon Blanc. I had no idea. Everyone you, makes you have Shannon two Blanc, Sam. That you're buying from that. Uh, I might even feel right. Blanc. Chardonnay the New Mexico, and the Shannon. Sh- Chardonnay, Shannon, and then the skin contact blend of the two. And then 2021, I actually made uh, half Pinot Noir, half Chardonnay rose. But I left it in a flex tank for a really long time, so it's bottled. But we're gonna see where where see it, what, what happens. happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's true to the roots of a vineyard that was, you know, sourced for Gruet. You're yeah. making oh yeah, it's all that stuff. Maybe you should add a little sugar and yeah. <laughs> some yeast and put it back into a bottle and see what happens. Kool Aid, yeah. But I'm, I'm optimistic. I think it'll it'll come around. But. Yeah, so this one, unwind half Tempranillo, half Roussan, I think is cool. We actually canned half of this wine. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> light, lightly carved and canned, which oh. is interesting. I don't, I don't have any of it because what size cans? Twelve ounce. Twelve ounce. Twelve ounce. This is ten and a half percent alcohol. Yeah, we did that, and we did another cans, eight and a half percent, since so that I picked at fifteen bricks, <laughs> which is very odd, uh, but. Some people seem to think it's very good. So, did you guys already talk about where he's growing his grapes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then I'll wait. And, I'll wait and listen to the yeah. podcast. <laughs> All over it's the map, south of it's south of Mexico. We know yeah. south yeah. of New Mexico. Right. It is. It is south south southeast of New Mexico, right? Mm, yes, but further. It's for context in California. It's much further south than San Diego is. Mm. So okay. it's it's very far south. Right. Right. That's another thing that's interesting. You know about there specifically texas in general but there because we're further south than all the other stuff in texas is all of the things like you should be on a southern facing slope and all these things like no it's hot so no and then also the sun is directly overhead basically right because we're so so far so far south south. yeah i mean we're 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 uh same uh latitude as like cairo in Egypt. So if you wow. compare to Europe, it's not like, oh, it's like southern France. It's like Sicily. Nope, it's yeah. way further south. Than Today's that. geography lesson brought to you by Altamar for yeah. Wines. <laughs> yeah. Davis Mountain. And and did you talk about what exactly Marfa is and its whole like jive? We have not. We have not. Marfa is a very interesting place. Sam, think- are you familiar with it? I know the name. Once we talked about it, I remember that Marfa, Texas, is a place that I've heard of. Yeah, and that's you know. all I get. Marfa, Marfa is uh, a town of I think about twelve hundred people, and it's three hours from the nearest airport unless you have a private jet, which several like lots of people visiting Marfa seem to have. I see them at the airport in Marfa. Uh, call me any of those people if you want to <laughs> give me a ride. Uh, but Trade it, you fifty percent Rusan. Yeah, they <laughs> get some ten percent Cinso. Yeah, I don't know if that. I would actually probably be little cans of wine on private jets. Cans of wine on private jets. Yeah, uh, you're onto something yeah. here. So, so Marfa is, I think, since since in the seventies, Donald Judd moved from New York City to Marfa, who's a, a famous artist essentially. Uh, he bought a large compound that we used to be an army base and had all these buildings built all these giant installation art stuff in place for that spot. 
and then because he's this guy who has a bunch of money and New York connections, sort of probably it, it's it's who knows where where Marfa would be if that had not happened. Could could be something totally different. Could be gone. Could be a ghost. Could, town. Be, a ghost could town. be a ghost town. Very much so, or not. You know, who knows? When but the ar- when the army base that he bought closed. Yeah, yeah, that right. could have that yeah, could yeah. have been it. Um, so now I think the current there's still a lot of art stuff in Marfa that has sort of followed in the wake of that. Uh, and then I think my, you know, or my generation's connection to Marfa is that it's like a famous Instagram place. They have the like Prada thing. Prada Marfa is like a Prada store. Oh, it's that's like yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like you yeah. see yes. it in like in the, oh, yeah. 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 So that turns out is like 50 miles from Marfa, not even in Marfa. Um, so it's, it's this weird thing where a lot of tourists come to Marfa and you literally see them walking down the street with like a stupefied look on their face. <laughs> just sort of like, there's nothing to eat. Why did I come here? What do I do? It's hot. It's windy. Have how, I seen it all? How, how did I, I get? On? Yeah. Like, is there a bunch of stuff that I don't know where it is? And the answer is no, right. there isn't. Uh, how did I get here? Marfa. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird, it's very weird place. Uh, I like it the natural beauty in the surrounding areas is amazing. It's super beautiful, right? Amazing sunsets. Marfa is about 4,600 feet. So although it is hot, it's dry, not humid. So compared to the rest of Texas in the summer, it's nice. Um, And that's where you live. You live in Marfa now. I live basically halfway between the vineyard and Marfa. So I live like 15 minutes from Marfa and I live out just nowhere. You own more Prada now than you used to. Uh, Is that Prada store real? No, it is not. It is just, just a fake just an facade. Art. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an, an art, art thing. thing. Yeah. So it's weird. Marfa's very odd. She's ready I, for she's ready for Prada Marfa. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Jasmine's I, dressed up today and nobody can stop talking about it. It's not a, like the official uniform is jeans and tie-dye t-shirt. Right. So <laughs> when, you know, you have things that match <laughs> and shoes. I encourage people to visit Marfa, but the key is lowering expectations. It's like, <laughs> it's, uh, you should go and... Ex- the Marfa Chamber of Commerce yeah. <laughs> right here. Marfa, Texas. Yeah, go. Lower you gotta, your expectations. You <laughs> There's great things to do. It's beautiful, especially, you know, like, uh, I think one of the big draws is people going to Big Bend National Park and oh, sort yeah. of stopping there on the way. But they think like, oh, it's close. It's like, Two and a half hours away, so it's it's not that well, close. Texas close. Nothing Texas is close, close yeah. in Texas. Texas, man. Texas close. It's, it's yeah, big. Yeah, everything's big in Texas, man. Everything. I want to make sure I pour. I so, how long has it been since you moved down there? So I moved there full full time. Like moved all my things out of Houston in February of last year. Okay. So it's been a little over a year. Twenty twenty COVID time was like half time. And then previous to that was basically 2016 to 2020 of there was like a two year period where it was like every single weekend for two years going from Houston to there. Nine hour drive. Uh, well, started flying from Houston to Midland and then driving three hours. Oh, okay. So uh, got all, all race cars, all, all of the, uh, Southwest points, you know, definitely, uh, Lots of time on the plane, right? You have when you book on Southwest, you're an A10 automatically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Still, so, so when I met you and you were buying that stuff from Cindy, yeah, that was t- 2020. Yeah, 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 that was 2020. 
used didn't use most of that stuff that vintage right uh used it 2021 though right. finally and then that stuff's still at slate mill at the custom crush place and then here in a, hopefully in like a few weeks we'll move everything except the red barrels that are not bottled out to marfa to the winery uh and then we'll be bottling that stuff in june i think and then move everything else. So you, have, there. you will have your own facility in Marfa. It's there now. It's it there. just has not that much stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. And are you? Is it like an urban wine facility? You can like now you can go get your go to the Prada photo shoot and then go wine tasting at Alta yeah. Marfa. Is yeah, that, like, you, you is that can the goal? Come, yeah, come wine taste. Uh, it's it's currently like a what I envision like you know Sonoma Napa nineteen seventy two wine tasting would be of like. I'm in there. Mm-hmm. It's poorly lit. There's like a table and you get yeah. to try the wines right, kind yeah. of thing. You know, like you we got, the, we got a few pictures. glasses are clean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just turn the lights down. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're doing that. And then we're going to make wine in that building this harvest for the first time. I remember going out to Larson family wine and when it was Sonoma Creek mm-hmm. and going in the back barn and they just had a, a board across two barrels and you know, tasting it like vineyard. that. It's pretty funny. How things have changed in 20 years. Yeah, rapidly. Well, I mean, we were tourists then. I didn't know. That was the first one we saw coming in. Right, that was the and first place you stopped after. Way, right. way, way out of town. I mean, it's Larson family. Right. Now that they burned. Sorry about that, guys. But, I mean, holy cow. Uh, yeah, what a nice place. And I, I had no idea that Wingo was actually a town. Wingo, where the residents of Wingo get together on a Friday night and play solitaire. Yes, <laughs> in the ghost town. It's a strange place, I guess. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. <laughs> it's the Wingo joke. I've never even heard of Wingo. Wingo. I don't know. Wingo is, I mean, essentially, it's a ghost town south of Shellville, almost in, due in east of like Vianza. Wow. And and in the in the in the yeah. sloughs. Yeah, and the, you know the train went through there. Ah, uh, okay. Um, the track is there. The track is still there. Right? And the bridge. And I've ridden my bike out there. You can ride out on the quote unquote levees. Um, <laughs> the farmers, you know, kind of look at you weird. Um, the last time I was out there, there was a guy who was teaching his son how to hunt for birds. And so um, I made sure that they saw me because um, right. they were kind of sitting in bikers. a blind. Um, right, exactly. <laughs> Um, but like, it's cool. Uh, out bad there. day to wear my shirt that has pictures of ducks on it. Right. <laughs> it's um, it's really cool out there. Uh, as long as the wind's not, you know, blowing you off your bike. Um, but yeah. I don't actually don't think anybody lives out there anymore. Maybe there is. There it's, might be a couple. Definitely people. ghost town. Yeah. Ghost town. Yeah. It's cool. That's ghost cool. ghost towns are interesting. Where where yeah, I, they the, are. the part of Texas where I live, I think half of the towns are ghost towns. <laughs> basically, like you drive from from like Marfa to. El Paso to go to the airport and you pass through maybe 10 towns that you see on the map and at least five of them are, are ghost towns for sure. Yeah. It's a weird, like nobody at all. I mean, they're, they're, just I mean, gone. either nobody or like, uh, it depends on a how you define station. it or no gas station. That's how I would define it. If there's no gas station. <laughs> it's a ghost town Yeah, and no, no, no business of any kind. It's just, right. there are some houses some people live in the houses, a lot of abandoned houses. Why? I have no idea. Well, they they live there because they want to live there usually. Yeah. I mean, at that point, um, as opposed to being trapped there. Usually people that are trapped somewhere, it's somewhere they leave where they, when there's, there's no more gas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and um, witness protection, you know, right. that too. <laughs> but people well, are living out there. What's the value of a place Off out the there. grid is off yeah. the grid. Oh, it's right. very cheap, very affordable. 7,000 an acre, huh? 7,000 an acre yeah. in the vineyard. Yeah. yeah. Got 25 acres, insane view, like all both sides of a hill. It's good. Did you talk about water, though? Uh, Yeah. He's, yeah, we did. Got a well. Got a well. A little bit of well. Yeah. Is there any surface... Like, are you? Is there any surface storage to like trap any of that? I mean, not necessarily on your property, but in general uh, in that part of the world, where do you that can, like... for cattle. Right. So, you, like, you have stuff come down to like a tank and right, sits right. there for right. during the summer. Right. Um, but because of the altitude and and how dry it is and stuff, it, it doesn't doesn't last very long. Um, so there's one one more. You ready okay. for one more? Yeah. This is probably the the. Yeah, I won't say anything about it. It's uh, this is so this is the same vineyard as the red, the unwind. This is half orange muscat, half viognier, also ten, ten and a half percent alcohol. I'm still here. Ooh, I like the I like the aromatics on that one. Mm. That orange muscat. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's interesting. Brings me back to being a kid in Sonoma. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Candy. No, just the there was you know a lot of the old vineyards had table grapes yeah well, that's grapes. what i mean it's candy yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean that, and they were you know the the idea is you plant some stuff out there so there's something to eat while you're picking grapes or yeah. you know that's and so we have a couple you know there's some some there's probably some orange muscat there in that block of um where the marson and the granada right. blanc is at rossi ranch yeah you know miguel made sure so this is also like the red, these are both made the same way. Um, in that, they're these were picked at the same time. Fifty percent, fifty percent, forty-eight hour skin contact. This one out of the we had so the Gruner, the red, and this one three twenty twenty ones. This one is probably needs like the most time of the three, whereas the red probably is like the least. Um, but the reason why I'm picking like these different varieties on the same day and then doing them together is because like in the Tempranillo one, Tempranillo has no acid. The Roussan is less ripe and has more acid. So that kind of goes together. And then like the Viognier in this one has the acid and the orange muscat is riper. So trying to figure out ways to, to do that where you end up with something that has ripeness and acid at the same time, which is hard in a hot place. Yeah especially with vines that are six years old or something like that, you know, in this case. And making wine without intervention. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And what is the, I mean, it sounds like you fell into wine and to natural wine early in, in Houston. So there is obviously some natural wine scene. Houston, very much so. But as far as production wise in Texas, right? No. Not so much. So yeah, talk about, couple, talk about the, couple people. the Houston, Maybe the Houston natural wine scene from the you know, maybe consumer standpoint and then yeah. the production side. So Houston, I think it comes, it starts with like the food scene, the food scene in Houston, super cool. I think like for your dollar, probably the best food scene in the United States mm -hmm. because it's incredibly diverse. It's like the startup costs are reasonable compared to other big cities. You have tons of international travel. You have all these different things. So the food scene, amazing. What, uh, and and is very the food sort of origins are very uh, international as well. So like what wine goes with 
you know, Vietnamese, Chinese, Cajun, East Texas, crawfish, barbecue, all those things, like this kind of wine does, right. you know? Right. And, and it's a thousand degrees all the time in Houston. So you, you want your wine to be cold. thousand percent humidity. Exactly. You yeah. want, you want your wine to be cold. You want it to be low alcohol. You want it to have acid and go with all these foods. So like that's, that just is the wines I think that go, go with that. Yeah, totally. um, and, and are people in Houston, are they like, wait, this is made here in Texas. And are they excited about that? Like, do they want to carry the flag and, and, and help, help promote it? Or is the, it more about yeah. just, they don't care what it tastes like. It just has to taste good. So there's some of those people. And then especially in Houston, you know, living there for a long time and making friends with restaurant people and that, I think those people are really excited to say like, uh, often like, Ooh, a wine that's made in Texas with Texas grapes or New Mexico in this case, like that I want to have that, that matches my, yeah. uh, you know, ethos, like matches what I'm trying to do. I think people are often really excited for these, for that reason, because they haven't either, either rarely or never been able to do that before. Um, then there's still a lot of people in Texas who, who there's a lot of people in Texas who drink a lot of Texas wine because it's from Texas and they want to support it. That's great. But not, not because not for any other reason than that, I think, which is good. I mean, I think, you know, you guys are in a place where people drink wine locally, but that's not a thing anywhere else in the country, except like the Willamette Valley pretty much. Right. That's, or maybe New York, you know, that's not a thing. People drinking wine from around where they are. So I think that's cool. Um, but there's also a lot of people who are really into wine in Houston who say like, Oh, I don't drink Texas wine. Right. Sure. Because it's not, there's not a lot of Napa Valley cab. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or it's not Napa Valley cab or it's not Loire Valley natural wine. Right. It's not whatever is their thing. It's not that. Right. Um, so yeah, I I think I'm just trying to make wine that, you know, tastes good. Tastes tastes good first, so people, regardless of knowing what it is, that's how I, I want all these wines to be that way. Is like if this is your first day ever drinking wine, I want you to enjoy this. It should not be in a. I'm not trying to make acquired taste wine. You know, this is supposed to be delicious. Not that acquired taste wine can't be good. It can, but that's yeah. higher level of difficulty for me to succeed doing it that way. I had a lady the other day at the at the winery who tried alcohol for the first time in her life. It was your wine. And it was my wine. It was amazing. She That's was heavy. like seven years, 70 years old. Didn't speak English. She was seven years old. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not seven years old. Uh, 70 years seven old. Seven years old. Yeah. From, didn't speak English. Didn't speak English. Was from Iran and had never tried alcohol before. And just was like, today's the day. Her son was there and was kind of like, okay, I don't know. Sure. Whatever you say, mom. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. Feel like no, that's... You don't argue with your seventy-year-old Iranian mother. No, yeah, you, <laughs> you no. do not. Yeah. Well, was... Let's go ahead and go back over every every place we can get in touch with you and where you can get these wines. Do the socials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Shut in again. Uh, so, our website altamarfa.com. You can buy wine there. You can sign up. We have a wine club now, as of two weeks ago. Congratulations! So, hey, hey, do do that. Thing. Sign up for that. Uh, you get a discount. I don't know why you wouldn't sign up. What I what I've been telling people this is my sales pitch is. In the next six months, will you buy six random bottles of wine at the grocery store because you want to drink alcohol? If the answer is yes, you should just buy wine from me now and support a small business 
and get a discount, and then you'll be covered. So there's no argument against that. Anyway, uh, so the website, uh, also the blog is on there. So I have like 50 blog posts, tons of pictures. The area where we are is extremely photogenic. So it's it's fun to, you don't have to read it if you don't want to. Just look at the pictures. Um, Isn't that what the internet's for? Yeah. (laughs) And then Instagram. Instagram, I think for all its ups and downs and different things, as far as like, business networking in wine is extremely useful it has been for me yeah 100 100 percent. and and you and you have a good feed yeah i tried tried to yeah. you know not just post pictures of bottles of wine so did, <laughs> did you talk about your didn't you just do a dinner with oh yeah we didn't talk about that yeah just did a dinner with uh abe from scullion project la oh, river wow. wine co he came down there he did this was in marfa and actually this is the the first dinner we did a tasting together over the summer um and it was really fun it was uh difficult circumstances because it got very cold for a few days like this was on a i think the dinner was gonna be on a friday that whole week all the pipes froze in town everything was broken like every all the everything just exploded so we actually ended up we were supposed to have the dinner at the distillery which they they serve food they're the ones cooking all this stuff their building was just totally useless and freezing in there because they don't have heat. So we had, did the dinner in the winery. But yeah, it ended up being really fun. It was, uh, I think his LA River wines and these, like, there's some crossover there. I sort of go, especially because I basically don't have any red wines bottled yet. And he had red wine. So it, it went together really well. And, and how did you guys get hooked up together? Um, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram, originally, I think he posted some stuff and I, you know, sent him a message of like, how do you do this? Or as I was asking him about uh, fermenting red wines without punching down at all, um, which is how I did all my red wines this year. And he just is one of those things where you ask him, I was like, I wonder if he'll respond. And then he just called me yeah. <laughs> like immediately. Um, and then I think he he's grown to really like Marfa and the whole ghost town yeah weird yeah. weird yeah. vibe thing. I, I could see that being his vibe. Yeah. Totally. So yeah. Weird art installations yeah. and definitely right. but should he, I, I should look on his instagram to see if he took a picture at the prada store yeah i don't remember if scarf. He did. I, I um it yeah. seems like it would be on brand yeah i i i've i've wanted to have him on the show i've you know known of him for a long time you know he got cab from um uh used to be lynn bloom uh from the nunnery in oh, yeah, yeah. like after kenwood gave up the vineyard he he got the grapes from it for a period of time and it was unlike of course unlike any other right cab certainly you know from that area made so um i think he would be a great conversation yeah i agree it'd yeah. be i mean yeah and he's you just, always, you just kind of hand him the microphone and he's cons- back. yeah yeah exactly that's why it was great to do that this wine dinner with 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 abe because it was it was sort of like you know, he sort of tells a whole story and people are hypnotized into sort of like he's uh, the professor. Yeah, it, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's that's very much it. But he actually just sent me some cuttings from the Lone Wolf Vineyard, the old mission vines that he has in Southern California. So I'm going to have some mission vines, which I'm excited about. Awesome. It'd be cool. I mean, th- th- there's certainly like to me, the most appealing thing of what you're doing is the ability to just experiment yeah and like the the stakes are i mean not that the stakes aren't high you quit your you know job that was probably well paying and had security and you know oh uh, yeah no health, security health no money yeah and, <laughs> and you know all these things and i'm sure your parents were really stoked yeah. uh, <laughs> but 
so it's not that there's no stakes, but compared to here, you know, you, we don't have the ability to. No, well, the stakes the stakes are so high that you can't even start right, unless exactly. you you know it's a, you so, it. yeah some way yeah. or some way or you work it. That's the other thing that we didn't talk about this, but you work at another winery, right, right. And then you you do that and you start your thing and you build it up slowly. It's like that is not a thing. Right. There is no other winery to work at. No, no, there isn't. I mean, like in Texas, there is, but no, not not at. within hundreds of miles of where I am. Yeah. So I, I mean, I I think what's great is that you're that you're doing it and it's 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 awesome. I I, I applaud you for your um your gumption. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I, I persistence more persistence. of that than anything else. Yeah. I, I, need need some other things well yeah. thank you i yeah. i appreciate that yeah. uh, you clearly you know the wines are great too <laughs> yeah. so you, you're not completely in the weeds yeah that's i'm glad you <laughs> for <think> sure so. <laughs> but well, it's definitely a um a, the hard way yeah yeah maybe it costs less but it's not <laughs> easier that's for sure yeah, it feels like it costs more <laughs> yeah yeah for texas yeah it feels like it costs more yeah <laughs> be the president of the chamber of commerce by the time this by the time you get home yeah that i'll be kicked out (laughs) but yeah that's all the wines i i think uh we're gonna have so released in october we have the three tempranillos sandstone limestone volcanic and then i took a barrel of each of those and put it in a new stockinger 500 liter barrel Mm. so you know, like the the Uber blend. Yeah. Yeah. The Uber blend. Got to make something that I can charge a lot of money for. Right. Somebody, you know, people want that Some steakhouses in Texas. Exactly. Exactly. So we did that and then did Tariga Nacional from Robert Clay, uh, did Merlot from Robert Clay that those are both like 15 to 20 year old vines. So super old in Texas. Uh, I'm very excited about those historical Texas Vineyard Society. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and then Chapter One, the 2021 Shannon Chardonnay from the New Mexico, and then I did a Rusan from the Hill Country that I initially was like, I'll do a little bit of skin contact. 24 hours in, I was like, Wow, this has so much tannin. This is insane. (laughs) I can't. Can't go back, so it just sort of I left it on there for like two weeks, and now that's been in a barrel the whole time. So I think it's going to be really cool, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so we got a bunch, like bunch more wines to come. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Oh, Lewis Dixon. I should probably talk to you about Lewis Dixon. Lewis Dixon. Yeah, who's like the OG of the Texas the, natural the, the wine natural wine stuff. Who yeah. Came and like a, he was a Katuri Winery affiliate. Uh, okay. Um, and yeah. So he has his bad ombre. He has some like labels, Los mm-hmm. Cruces or something that he's yeah, doing. Yeah, Cruz down de there. Camal. Cruz de is, Camal. There yeah. it is. Cruz de Camal. Yeah. But yeah, I've actually I've talked to him via the internet. Okay. I've never met him, never not met. yet. He's but a wild and crazy guy. He buys grapes from Robert Clay Vineyards as uh, well. Um, so we're sort of in the same circle uh-huh. through Dan, but I've not met him yet. I look forward to at some point. Right. Shout out Lewis Dixon. Yeah. Got to get cool. all the shout outs. Right. <laughs> shout out. We got some Brook. I'm going to be in. I'm going to be. You're heading for Texas. May 8th. I will be in. May 8th. Austin. Nice. At, at. At Randy's. At Randy's. Cool. Taking over. Final Sunday. A couple right? hours. Final Sunday. Uh, you know, there we're going to do some some food plates and stuff like that. Brooke and Randy's idea. And I love this. Um, 
they're going to bring in a DJ and I'm going to send down wines and the DJ is going to choose his records awesome to, to pair That's the wines too and i think you know randy's gonna MC and i'm gonna pour some wine and we're gonna you know there'll be more tie-dye in fredericksburg than there ever has been for at least two hours on sunday may 8th <laughs> perfect. Uh, so. uh, you might perfect. be surprised okay you might be surprised i'm being a hater yeah all right but, but there'll be more tie-dye there'll be more because i'll bring a bunch well since, yeah. since you'll be in austin i gotta do one more shout okay. out you should go to the austin winery the Austin Winery. The Austin Winery, uh, more friends of mine, and we actually made a cider together this past okay. vintage, which is carbonating right now in bottle. But it's actually an old orchard in the Davis Mountains, 6,000 feet, golden delicious apples. Right. We made like know. nine cases of cider together. Okay. So, but well, they, s- Tell them to save me a bottle. Yeah. For me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's carbonating right now. Yeah, so, so it'll, it'll, be, it'll okay. be probably good to go Perfect. at that point. And then they do, I think... They were my inspiration for canned wine as well as they do a bunch of canned wines. Amazing. Really, really good stuff in a can. Cool. And all, I mean, all they're, they're just really fun. So, well, and that's, that and that's what I'll be bringing down to Texas also is the cans because we're canning on 420. Of course. Um, of course. As one does. <laughs> so you could on not brand. be, you could on not brand. be on, uh, uh, so I can't be Ken, on Ken, Ken Brown's Ken Brown show. show. Hey, neighbor. Um, show? Nope. No, I can't be on Ken Brown's 420 Hey Neighbor show because I'll be at Reprie where there's no cell phone reception. Canning. Well, we're bottling our rosé uh, and canning Primitivo rosé and the white blend, which is 70% Roussan, 15% Grenache Blanc, 15% Semillon. Yeah. Um, is that canned too? That's going in the can okay. also. Still, still cans? Still. Interesting. Yeah. There's, well, actually, the reason that we're doing it, this is you know inside baseball, but the reason that we're doing it at Reprie um, the the bottling truck that Repre gets has a CO2 gas management ah. um, piece of it, so you can you can kind of it's not it's not CO2 to like bubbles or but just a little bit to sort of like brighten things up. Right, interesting. Um, and it helps especially with the cans to kind yeah. of you know you get a little more tension on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the cans need a little. Yeah, that's why like the, the red, which is the same red we had, is like. It was lightly carbonated, right? Because in a can, you want carbonation a lot of the time. I feel I like mean, if, you, if you're going to drink it out of the can, right? you at least want to open the can and have and it pop it go, and hear not, not the like implosion that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's and gonna, it's going to have that crack, the crack of a can, yeah, right? It's, right. It's part of the you know tasting yeah. with your ears, right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, and that's the whole thing is that it, it roast the cans get soft, and that's not a good showing, right? Yeah. Is yeah. yeah it should be uh, slump. Right. Yeah. yeah. Tense. Turgid. Yeah. Turgid. <laughs> that's the word. Yeah. yeah. That's the word that they use. Can, can the, you not spell turgid. that? Turgid. Turgid. Is it, well, is it a gif or is it a gif, John? It's a, turgid means muddy, as in muddy stream. Oh, no. Turgid. No, that's is that's turbid. 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 <laughs> the voc- Today's vocabulary lesson brought to you right. by... The Winemakers. The Winemakers podcast. Sponsored right. by... It's on brand. Um, any other chat? My... The, the Phil sent me release is out. It's live before yep. we got to do a show on it, but that's fine. Um, maybe we'll do a little release show to some of the wines sometime soon. But uh, if you remember or you're not, it's in an email. Check it out. Join the wines. Phil sent me. The wines are uh, are killer. It's a cool combo. It's a cool combination. I won't do too much. I see you have your su- <laughs> your super Tuscan out too. The super Tuscan. Well, there's that's only like awesome. forty cases of it left. We you know we made sixty. 
and somehow 20 of them disappeared before we released it. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure where they went. Oh. oh, I know exactly where they went. Oh. Uh, well, we sold some. You know, people were... We, you know, there were some people who got some, some sneak peeks on it, but... Um, I think that, yes, I think that there's not Paul, but somebody else's name who is four letters and starts with a P who shows up here every once in a while and grabs bottles. I think that a lot of them went up the hill to my dad's house. Mm -hmm. Might just happen. Yeah. I don't even know if 16 cases, but maybe. Ouch. (laughs) That's a lot. At least all the little bit. Go up there, Phil's surrounded by dozens of bottles. Empty bottles of (laughs) Montagna, (laughs) call it Montagna di Sonoma. It's uh, 80%. Sangiovese from Sonoma Mountain and then 20% Moon Mountain Cab. Ooh. I saw that. The Moon Mountain Cab, but that caught my eye. No. I made cool. Moon Mountain Cab from frozen grapes in a bucket in my apartment in Houston, like 2013. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who was selling frozen grapes five, from Five Moon gallons. Mountain. Yeah. 2013. Who, I wonder where those grapes came from. I don't know. Uh, it was good. Sam. Who'd you buy it from? Brem. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Some, I mean, it could I have be, my, you know, there's, yeah, there's yeah. a few. I mean, we sell some, some Zinfandel to Peter Brem, who yeah. does that same thing with it. Yeah. Um, actually, did and he actually has a vineyard up in Washington that my dad consults on. He's a good guy, Peter Brem. Yeah. Yeah. I did it twice actually. The first time, I made just a red wine, which was sort of like bad. It wasn't. There's nothing wrong with it. It just didn't taste that good. The second time I did it, I left it in a carboy in the corner of the living room. And then forgot about it, and the airlock dried out, and it's totally oxidized, but didn't spoil other than that. So then I just poured some vodka in there and sugar and made port, and then just now opened one of the like eight bottles, and it's really good. It's delicious. <laughs> this was like, you know, seven years ago, but delicious now. It's a weird long, long route to that, you know, mediocre port. <laughs> um, I think we need to give a shout out to your wife. <laughs> let you do things like leave a carboy in the corner of the living room for yes. that long. Yeah, Katie okay. definitely deserves yeah. a shout out. Yeah. They're actually so that's not even the half of it. That was one carboy in the corner. We had another yeah, one. I, I assumed there was more. <laughs> there, were, there was one in the corner that we we called the poison bottle. That was <laughs> it was just a ten gallon glass carboy full of uh, prickly pear fermentation. That had all the like goops and solids at the top. Right. It was and also some meaning some thorns also. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we didn't. That was thrown out. Yeah. But it was the poison the bottle. Poison yeah. X X X. That's awesome. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad this got to happen. Yeah. I Thank apologize you for uh, you it. thinking that we were ghosting this. Ghost town. Off the ghost references. Yeah. 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 I, I understand it's why the theme he of the podcast. That way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is. This podcast is another one of those towns in Texas that I drive through that doesn't yeah. have a gas station right. anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. And, very, uh, very fun. you know, when you're out again with those other wines, let us know. We'll, yeah. we'll certainly taste them again. Yeah. Yeah. All the red wine. Yeah. Yeah. Lots yeah. Of yeah. yeah I'm definitely sure. the, the, the Tempranillo, three, the Tempranillo yeah. trio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tempranillo trio. It's a bunch of uh, uh, dark red, 10, 11% alcohol Tempranillo. Yeah. So be fun. There's yeah. a, there's a through line to, to like uh, um, mountain tides, right? Te- doing Tempranillo with this sort of like mindset, of, you know, the way that that Scott's doing Petit Sirah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have to be just what you think. It, it doesn't is. have to be. Yeah. Exactly well, that's it, we're trying to be done. But I thought maybe think of one more thing is the reason why we're talking about Tempranillo earlier being like 
it was the chosen grape and then no one liked it anymore and i that means i can buy a bunch of it from different vineyards and, and the price whatever. isn't crazy the and... price is not crazy whatever but the thing that's cool about tempranillo is that because it ripens so early i can pick it early and it's still ripe ish you know it still has flavor whereas other grapes that really need to hang out a long time will have no acid right right so it, it really sort of makes sense it, maybe it is the chosen grape, right? It's yeah. it's like you know, not for the reason anyone thought, but it, you know, it has it has. Some but it makes the things. most sense. It's what's yeah. gonna ultimately thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. All right, the Tempranillo Trio. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks, Ricky. That's a good shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky, thanks so much for being our guest today. Much appreciated. Thank you for doing the radio things. Yeah, I like it. How will we do it? That's <laughs> it. Our radio thing. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Subscribe, review, do the things. Yeah, buy wine. Much appreciated. Buy wine. Yeah. Yeah. Buy, buy good wine, wine. Yeah. from buy small wine. producers. Exactly. <laughs>